do you want to do the intro? Sure. Or okay, fine. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another footnote episode of the Fantasy Animation Podcast. I'm Alex Sargent. And I'm Chris Holliday. Uh, we're joined again by Lawrence Napper, who's uh, graciously stayed behind after our uh, wonderful explosion of uh, They Shall Not Go Old, to talk to us about silent cinema. I reckon this is a topic that we can definitely do justice to in 10 minutes, Lawrence. Yes, yeah. um, That's sort of it, it, isn't it? Given, Just... given that it covers the hot first, what, 30 years of film history. Oh, um, my God. So, but, but for those who perhaps, I suspect there are some listeners who have never watched a silent film. And um, or maybe listening to this, thinking I know you said in, in a previous episode that that maybe students are reticent towards silent cinema, mm-hmm. but they have to do it because it's a core module. Maybe they're listening to this in preparation for the new academic year. Wonder what this module on silent cinema is going to be about yeah, yeah, yeah. by uh, the conveners, this Lawrence Napper chap. What is silent cinema? And what and, is yeah, yeah? What is the term? What does it mean? Let's start with that. And you, you only get 10 minutes here, Lawrence, so I'm going to start a timer now. So what, yeah, what is silent cinema? So uh, before 1930, most films that you saw in the cinema had no soundtrack. They had no synchronised soundtrack. There was no sound that was on the film with the images. It was just images. And whatever sound you heard was li- happening live in the auditorium where you were seeing the film. Now, that sound could be a piano accompaniment, it could be a string quartet, mm. it could be a full orchestra, depending on what kind of uh, cinema it was, or in the earlier period, the sound could be somebody describing the film, could be a showman saying, oh yes, and as you, you know, over here, Millie goes into the shop and asks for 10 pounds of blah, blah, blah. So uh, it is basically, the, before 1930, there is no technology to record sound onto film and synchronise it successfully. There's technology to record sound on phonographs and gramophones. Um, and there is obviously, there's, there's film technology that can record images, but you can't sync them up. You can't make them work. So people can't speak and you hear them uh, from the screen. Um, so basically, uh, cinema is invented, film is invented in uh, 1895. Um, and the, the, I guess people quite often talk about the jazz singer as being the first, the first uh, successful um, uh, sound film that comes out in 1926. But in fact, s- films remain silent uh, for quite a few years after the jazz singer because if you think about it, um, you know you've got a load of cinemas across the globe. It's already the biggest entertainment medium possible, um, uh, and they need time to to get speakers to make the investment of of being able to mm-hmm. show sound films. Um, so it's quite a long period of time, 35 years, uh, and that is, that is what... So, so, why, yeah, so why does this period require us to think in any way differently about the movies? Or, or indeed, does it? Um, you know, what, 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 what do we need to bring to these movies to help us to understand them? I guess I would say um, one of the things that you can see if you're looking at these uh, films from this period is, uh, I mean... In the very early period, in the 1890s, in the Victorian period, um, like these films are, they're very short. Uh, they're quite often, they're not, they don't have narratives. They don't look like the kinds of films we're used to. By the 1920s, by the late 1920s, they start to look like films that we're used to. They're usually about 90 minutes long. They have a narrative. They are edited and um, uh, shot in the kind of ways that we might expect uh, from what we're used to in terms of watching uh, sound films. So there's a sense in which the language of cinema develops during this period. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're watching earlier films, 
you need to think about cinema as part of a Victorian or a 19th century uh, leisure practice. So you don't need to really think about it in terms of like what came later in cinema, you need to think about it in terms of what is happening at that time. I always use pantomime as the, as the analogy. So, you know, one of the first things that cinemas, one of the first thing that early film does is it gets inserted into pantomimes. You know, pantomimes are showing all over the country. That bit in the pantomime nowadays where, I don't know, um, we go on an underwater adventure with Jack, who's just climbed the beanstalk, and you put on your 3D glasses and you have a, like, 3D spectacular thing. At that point in the pantomime, they would show films and be like, look at this new invention, how amazing. So yeah. it's embedded within the culture that it emerges from. What was the question? So then it, then what happens after that? What then? you bring to it. So, so later, but, but, but um, uh, I, I guess the language of cinema before 1930 is different because there is no sound. So there are various techniques that are used in order to um, uh, convey information that would usually be conveyed via dialogue. Um, and there's also a slight difference in the, in the acting styles uh, in the late 1920s between uh, uh, silent cinema and sound cinema. So uh, silent acting, uh, on some level you could say it's more gestural. Uh, on another level you could say there's, it's just a completely different technique, I, I guess. Um, and there's less of an interest in I don't know whether I should say this. You don't want to think about it in realist terms, I guess. Mm -hmm. You want to think about it as a set of conventions um, that convey the idea of real life rather than simply real life recorded on the screen. I think there's a sense in which sound cinema invites you to imagine that it's just real life. But of course it's not. It's also a set of conventions. Um, and we're just used to those conventions. Um, in silent cinema, the conventions are slightly different. So yeah. it takes you a little while to watch. The, it takes you, you know, you have to watch a few films before you get used to the conventions of how they're conveying reality and uh, get comfortable with it. Right. So when I've, I mean, I, I, based on what you were saying, there's a couple of things. One is, I think, the term... One of the whether this is an apocryphal tale, you know, the idea that there's no such thing as silent cinema because it was just cinema then. There's that that that's one of that's that's a big old yes. Old it's, I mean, like I, I guess it's very like it's a really obvious way of approaching silent cinema for us to yeah. think here is cinema without sound. But nobody in 1920 is thinking, sure. oh shit, like this cinema is like really weird because there's no sound. It's a bit like what I always say to the students is like it's a bit like you know think think about the phone in your pocket. You don't think. Like, this phone is a bit crap because it isn't going to teleport me to Australia. In 50 years' time, maybe phones will teleport you to Australia and they'll be looking at our phones and thinking, no teleportation device, yeah. what's the point of that? Yeah, yeah. But to us, the phones are amazing and they do all the things that they, you know, that they do and they're extraordinary. Yeah. Thinking about that idea of uh, how, how people convey meaning. So one of the things that uh, you quite often get in silent films is uh, people have a conversation... Um, and you get intertitles for the conversation. So somebody starts to speak and you get a version of what they say. Um, and, I mean, one of the conventions that's relatively uh, uh, frequent is you don't tend to get an intertitle for the beginning, for the question that's being asked. You get an intertitle for the answer that's being given. So you get somebody speaking, you don't see what they're saying, and then you get the person responding, and, and that title card that comes at that point will explain what the conversation has been so far. Quite often get incidents, this happens in um, uh, Underground, where somebody... did a, a film. Brilliant film called Underground, uh, where somebody uh, describes an incident that you've already seen happening, 
Yeah. So she describes the, the, the heroine meets a guy on the on oh. the escalator. Yes, he's coming down the escalator. She's going up the escalator. You know, there's a whole you know, business about them trying to meet when they're on different escalators. And the, later on, she describes that to her friend. And she just gestures. She uses her hand to gesture the escalator. And we know that she's talking about that. We know the story she's telling. Um, but obviously, there's no sound. There's no dialogue to describe that. It's simply through the gesture of her acting. Yeah. So if any, if we, a lot of, you know, students listen to this, so surely these films were made decades and decades ago, there's all the history's been written on them, I suspect, everything's done, there's no way in which we can still have conversations about silent films anymore, because that was all, we must have settled that by the 70s, surely. Oh, holy crapola. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what, what kind of, what, 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 what does, what is being, what is interesting about being a silent film today? One of the things that's absolutely thrilling about being a silent film historian today is that Basically, you know, um, lots of films. How can I put this? The films that one is familiar with or the famous silent films are the tip of the iceberg. And in the archives, there are loads and loads of silent films that haven't been seen for years and years. And every year, each archive like looks at the, their collection and thinks about what's you know what's interesting and what they what they're interested in seeing. And they do a restoration, and they re- so it's basically you get new films. <laughs> And you get to—I mean, I've just been at a festival in Italy uh, where they sh- where the archives showcase the restorations that they've been doing this year. So, like, people have been going there for twenty and thirty years and are still seeing films they've never seen before that were made in the nineteen twenties and the nineteen tens. So that sense of there's masses and masses that hasn't still yet been discovered, just in terms of the raw footage, let alone the debates about the about the stuff. Mm. I'll have a yeah, kind of silent cinema on this this idea that it's not this formative period before the before the, the pictures got small. You know, it's not that kind of for it's it's it is a thing of itself. A thing it of is itself, a thing yeah. sufficient to itself. What scholarship is yeah. being talked about? Some um, good introductory yeah, texts. On the thi- apart from your, so we will signpost your your work on on of silent course, cinema. The greatest introductory test is the one yes. that I wrote. Exactly. Sure. Yeah. sure. <laughs> and what's it called? Nice and loudly into the microphone. Oh, silent cinema before the pictures got small. Okay, so we'll put that aside from twenty seventeen. What were your go-to texts? I guess maybe either either as a, a student or even now as an academic who runs these silent cinema courses. So is I there guess a... I mean, in terms of um, uh, like I use quite a lot of stuff that uh, is written by Tom Gunning, who is a key silent cinema sco- scholar and writes really about the early period, the very earliest periods. Uh, Tom Gunning and Charles Musser, yeah, they're kind of like key figures um, in terms of thinking about those very early moments. Um, uh, I mean, the whole range of other scholars, but actually what's quite, I mean, what is quite useful to do is to check out readers that tend to be collections of right. of, of, of essays collected together. Um, uh, there's a very good one by uh, Peter Graeber and Lee Greaveson, which collects together a whole range of, uh, it's called A Silent Cinema Reader. Yep. Um, uh, there are lots of biographies of stars and lots of uh, biographies of directors. That That's a kind of, you know, there's a, there's a real populist, aspect of this as well it's not just academics yeah. so like you know i mean you know somebody like rudolph valentino or charlie chaplin buster keaton there's loads of material written about those about those guys some of it really kind of you know uh, academic some of it just kind of historical some of it biographical yeah you mentioned underground i'm going to give you about 30 seconds to think of as of some some suggestions if people have never seen a silent film i mean before. underground is superb um, like where 
Well, if a, we're a in Corker to start them off with. Underground. <laughs> underground, <laughs> underground, <laughs> Brit- a British romance set. Uh, a British um, romance set on yeah. the underground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, another film uh, is, uh, I always think, a really good one is Clara Bow in It. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, from 1927 that's on YouTube uh, cool. the, the, the thing that is brilliant about uh, silent cinema of course a lot of it's out of copyright so it is available yeah. online um, so you can get a lot of stuff on YouTube another place I would I would recommend people go look for uh, silent material is the BFI player mm-hmm. um, uh, in the free section they've got a huge amount of material that is that is available and it's not the, I mean the thing about silent films is that you know they're not obviously they're not all feature films there are shorts there are newsreels there are little documentaries there are little um, kind of you know music hall acts I've got two particular favourites I just like to like flag um, uh, that are on the BFI player one is a film which isn't silent in fact it's called Kitty Mahone um, and is a recording of a music hall star doing her stuff and the sound comes from a phonograph record she's miming to a phonograph record um, so in fact it is silent cinema but the idea is that you play the record at the same time right. as showing the film um, and then there are there's another film called uh, Tram Ride Through Rochdale uh, I think it's around 1901 which is just they've set up a, a camera in the front of a tram and they go through they go through Rochdale um, and you see all the people on the streets, you see the children running in front of the tram. You get this real sense of the kind of urban landscape of the turn of the yeah, century. Yeah, yeah. You've, you've uh, smashed through our 10-minute barrier, but I think I'll let you off, given <laughs> how insane that task was. But I think you did an incredible job at introducing people to the, to the, the reality and also the, kind of the, the, the enjoyment yeah. of, of studying silent film. Um, so thanks, Lawrence, again for joining us. You're welcome. Um, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Fancy Animation Podcast. Goodbye. Bye.